Hello and welcome back. It's episode 38 of Dogger Saints. We are the unofficial St. Johnson podcast. I'm Sam Miller and I am joined, as always, by Danny Williams. How are you doing, my friend? Maybe I couldn't. I can't smile wide enough. I couldn't be happier ever tried. Well, maybe. Well, we, we do have a game of football to cover from Saturday, but we'll get to that in due course. Really? How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was all right, mate. Um, football was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? It most certainly was, Daniel, but we will get to that. We have a packed show today. Um, we did notice, because of last week's success with our Alec Totten interview, which I'll say again was absolutely brilliant and the amazing feedback we've had from that, Dan. Oh, absolutely knocked out. And um, I'm so glad everyone seemed to enjoy it so much. It was it was brilliant to get our feedback. And we were really pleased about that because we enjoyed it so much. But also, it's kind of sound weird, but because Alex is such a nice fella, I'm, I was really glad for him that people responded so well to him and his interview. Indeed. So we didn't... Not that we didn't want to have anybody on this week because they'd ha- they'd have a difficult week to follow, but we did notice we've had loads and loads of new listeners. So what we've done is... We've done one of these kind of friends episodes. You know the ones where they're sitting on the couch talking about things that happened in the past. We've got classic clips from all our favourite interviews. We've got Gordon Smart, Liam Craig, Richie Foster, Jim Weir. Just little snippets of the best bits of the interviews that we, that we've done over the time for people that maybe may not have heard them, but they're all absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It reminded me, you mentioned Friends, but of another 90s mainstay sitcom, Frasier. Indeed, love the 90s. Oh, yeah, I love Fraser, but he was, he was always like, we'll play the best of Crane. But it happened that frequently. Like, while he was up to some sort of capering, and like, oh, we'll just stick the best of Crane on. I actually wonder how much they managed to record to have a best of Crane. I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> that was more often. I don't know what he was getting paid for. Just every second episode was a best of. Yeah. Nice. Well, there we go. But tell you what wasn't best of was the football. Should we get to the football? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do that. In a week where headlines in the world news included elderly couple accidentally burns down house during sex game involving a World War II flamethrower. It's a great start to a news headline. And also, the campaign to make it illegal to photograph breastfeeding women without consent has met obstacle in the Lords after Lord Wilson of Tredegar argued it could spoil family pornography. Two excellent headlines. We were hoping for more excitement at the game, we didn't get it. Right, can I just, before we start on the football, the first one, fair play one. Incredible. <laughs> but the second one, I can put some on Twitter about this, but nobody's come, like nobody, I don't think anybody can explain any sort of element of that headline. No, um, I'm not sure it's how. My yeah, it, it's a lot to break down. Both 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 headlines were a lot to take in, and I'm, but the, certainly the the consenting breastfeeding photos will ruin family pornography, says a lord, is, is, is something to behold. I, I mean, I, I tell you what, what a world. Anyway. Sh- shall we get to the football? Shall we? Well, <laughs> we've, we've stalled enough. We have indeed. Let's, uh, as at this point, I usually like to put in a wee highlights package of the match. And I will do so today. Here it is. And it seems like the full-time whistle has been blown up. Yep, the full-time whistle was the highlight. It was a turgid old affair. A bloody good whistle, in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. The end, end of proceedings, and I could go for a pint. Yes, and we did. And we did, yeah. But no, there was a few small, small highlights I can take out of the game, mainly all involving Sean Rooney. He was manic, wasn't he? He was, he was apart from then, 
having an argument with a St. Mirren fan over dental care by the looks of it from where we were sat. Um, he then straight from that incident ran complete quarter distance of the pitch to the opposite corner. So he looked like he was a left, left winger. It was a bizarre performance, actually, but it's given us something to talk about. I have seen a few sort of differing views on this. Some people, including myself, thought it was funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that camp. I'm, I'm sticking to that line. But then there's the other line that I also sort of get that he could have got himself in some serious bother. I actually think the one good thing the ref did all game was when he was having his set set two with the Paisley Dweller with poor, apparently poor oral hygiene. <laughs> um, he was, the ref actually just, he could have booked him and could have probably made matters worse, but he actually just gave a little, well, the old right, screw Gary the- Lineker up. Yeah, the old Gary Lineker over at the bench. Scene. All right, screw the nuts. Tapped to the head. Yeah, screw it on. Then he, yeah, and then he just started running about the pitch aimlessly. And then his final act in an absolute virtue also 45 minutes was to completely wipe the keeper out. For no apparent, Jack Hannock just took him out of the game. Yeah, and then ran off. I think to avoid, try and avoid the ref, he just ran off and gave his shirt to someone in the crowd. <laughs> and got, ended up getting booked after the final was, and I think he should be counting his blessings yeah, yeah, but there was also another kind of dissent kind of issue involving Chris Kane. Granted, it was never a free kick in the first place, which he was arguing about. I've watched it back many times. David Witherspoon clearly wins the ball, gives a free kick, and it's right in front of the, the ref, right in front of him. So there's no excuses, but there seems to be we're getting an awful lot of bookings now for this type of thing. Yeah, and like you say, it's been coming in for a little while. Creeping in for a little while now, I should say. It's something that is entirely avoidable. And it costs, you know, Chris Kane got sent off for it, the, you know, Saturday. Jamie McCart got sent off for it at Easter Road. That's right. Yeah. Both second bookings. It's a little bit brain dead. I had a little bit of sympathy with Jamie McCart because he'd been on the receiving end of that absolute horror show and penalty. And I thought the ref could have handled that better. But, and again, Saturday, it was. I mean, the ref was, you know, I never like to go on about refs, but he was, he was rubbish. He was rubbish, yeah. Uh, that he was, was absolutely as... rubbish, but he got that, he got that one right because you don't know what Chris Kane said. He wasn't, didn't seem to be ranting and raving or anything like that, but he might have swore at him. He might have done something. He could have took a different approach. He could have, he could have given him a final warning. That's the only thing he could have done, but he was well within his rights to give him a second ticket. And it's just brain dead. Don't give the referee a decision to make. No. Because there's every chance they will make it. So, yeah, it was silly. I don't know it's just frustrations because frustrations boiling over because the team didn't play well on Saturday. Chris Kane himself did not play well on Saturday. Not many players. I thought Craig Bryson was probably the the Stevie May when he came on. But I think a few people have said that. They're the... They're the two that'll probably get the pass marks. Um, it wasn't great, but look, I like to pull the positives out of things. And I will say that it was a clean sheet at home. Again, I think I read a stat somewhere that under Callum, we've played 26 league games at McDermott and only scored in 13 of them. Yeah. And a couple of them were games against Celtic and Rangers that ended in defeat. <laughs> it's the home form is a worry. 
home forms beating teams at home is a big or sorry, the failure to beat teams at home. Teams we really should have a good chance of beating. Teams quite similar to us, as I'd say, St. Mirren are, and Motherwell early in the season, and Dundee United early in the season. And we're just failing to pick them off. Saturday was, it was weird because St. Mirren looked the better side mm-hmm. and probably were the better side. But I don't remember Xander having that much to do. No, um, it wasn't a good game of football, was it, either way? Oh, no, it's just a rubbish game of football. And we've managed to wangle five minutes out of this. I've written down a couple of notes. One, lack of chances, uh, the stat about the home, and I've written down sports scene, who done me who done me dirty. Oh, yeah. So I, I was media whore of the year. I, uh, I got stopped by, I think it was Jonathan Sutherland's producer outside, asking if he can film my scarf and up to my cheesy smiling face. And I did it, and I've got the piss ripped out of me as pair. Um, and oh, yeah. they never included it. No, no, you got absolutely, you got absolutely dead up there, mate. I'm kind of, I'm kind of half glad, though, to be fair. Well, yeah, but the damage had to some extent already been done because our mate Adam, he was walking to the ground with you. I was a bit behind, so he was with you going into the ground. So obviously, then he's taking a picture of it. It's gone round every group chat and all that. So then when the rest of us make it into the ground, you, the damage was already done. It was. And, but, 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 <laughs> never has there been more gratuitous use of the word but. You sort of did make it onto the telly on Friday. I did, yes. Uh, well, kind of. View from the terrace. The finally, um, night games aren't for everyone was the caption I put up on Twitter on the Dogger Saints page for me and Miles having a wee kip at the game. And that's what they went with on their light box. So it was there for all to see in the background. Night games aren't for everyone. Nice touch. I know, I just a shame friend of the show, little Bobby Borthwick wasn't on this week. But there mm. we go. Yeah, he, he, he'd, had a far, um, he'd had a far better media duty early in the week. He did indeed. He did. He was another great guest. He had great feedback as well. Yeah, it was very good. It was. A, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed last week. It actually sounded like a football podcast in many respects, which quite often this doesn't. No, but as you will discover, we have spoken to a lot of guests over our run of the last close to nine months. It's almost our first year anniversary. We're going to have to have a party. Oh, in the words of '80s mainstay Russ Abbott, <laughs> I love a party with a happy atmosphere. <laughs> Uh, I remember when we went to Malaga, everybody thought Steve Park looked like Ross Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> it does a wee bit. Um, so we're going to uh, play you a wee clip. It includes some guests that we've had on before. One of them was Gordon Smart, which you may not have heard. He was brilliant. That was great fun. And the other thing about Gordon was he was properly under the weather. Oh, yeah, yeah. It um... was. I had had his vaccine recently and he was ill and he was coming at both ends and he was working with somebody who had norovirus. Um, yeah. So it was a uh, total chaos. But if you don't know who Gordon Smart is, he did the bizarre column in the sun. He lives in Kinross, but a massive hybe. Does loads of stuff in telly. He was on TalkSport covering for the afternoon show last week. So been on Radio X, Virgin Radio. Um, oh, he's an all-round good guy. And he came on, obviously, being in Kinross area. Um, he could have been a St. Johnson fan, knew lots of Saints fans. So he started off with this little clip package. We've also got an El Paz. I've got him in there talking about, about Chris Kane getting his hair cut from, obviously he had hair at the start of the season, now he had a skinhead, so El Paz talks about that. And we've got two stories, one from Michael Dubry about how he stitched up Graham Gartland, and I've also got one from Graham Gartland 
about how he stopped dubs. Yeah, they are. But also, I was really good pals with Kieran McInnesby. Still, I'm good friends with Kieran McInnesby. He's a Saints legend. We had them on. We've had them. We had them on the very first episode, actually. To be fair, um, oh, we, we talked funny. about Babe he's Station quite a, a bit. Man. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, I remember all that. That was the glory days when when I first moved to London to be with Miss, Mrs. Leishman. Um, he was playing for Fulham and just spent the whole time in loads of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> just used to hang about with him, and he was always getting like in worlds of trouble. I remember, right? This is a Fucking brilliant story about him. We were in a nightclub called Chicago's in Epsom, right? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and it was Kieran McInnesby, who's really mate with John Harley, who played at Chelsea. Uh-huh. And obviously the Scottish thing, and Kieran and I knew a few folk in Scotland, so we'd end up knocking around together. And I was standing at the bar, and I heard this massive fight breaking out in this nightclub. <laughs> and I turned around, and for some reason, Kieran McInnesby had decided to slide tackle three people in the dance floor. <laughs> Such a childish thing to do. <laughs> I turn around and there's like glasses and chairs getting smashed around the Mac and Espy, like running out the club. He's a total nuisance. I love him. Absolute piss. That's doing the equivalent of like leaning down behind somebody and get somebody pushing you over them. That's yeah. the same kind of, yeah, same kind of carry on. But I've got a big St. Johnston connection through, this is a bit of a weird story, right? So you have to bear with me. When I was... um. 17 in my last year at school I worked in the doctor's surgery in Kinross I was a receptionist that was my my evening job <laughs> and the doctor who gave me the job was Dr McCracken oh yeah also McCracken, McCracken yeah, yeah. who was the St Johnston doctor for a long long time mm-hmm. and he was such a brilliant man to work with I still play football with him now he must be about 67 yeah, I've seen him not too long ago yeah he still goes he's a great guy and his kids are superb as well they're just great people and I love, he's just full of mischief. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I just loved his crack because I, I got quite pally with Paul Kane as well, who's obviously Aye. better known as a Hibs man, but had a, an interesting time at St. Johnson, didn't Yeah, he? yeah. Aye, that's how it got us into Europe. Um, we actually had Alan Preston on a couple of weeks ago and he said out yeah. the names you should get on, he threw Kane and said he'd be absolutely brilliant. That guy is oh, absolute chaos. I'm thinking of stories I can't tell you because they've probably got <laughs> a criminal element to them. Kane will <laughs> Yeah. Some of the stories are absolutely amazing. Like Biscuits, Alan Preston and Kano, I've had a few nights out with them. Like we had a brilliant trip to Magaluf uh, <laughs> on a, it was, it was a kind of spuriously linked to the Mary Leishman Foundation, but it was actually just a massive piss up. It's a jolly, yeah. And uh, Alan, I remember Alan Preston was winding me up all day because there was loads of jambles on it. Just me and Kano who were hippies. So I got the keys from reception, just said my name was Alan Preston, went up to his room and just emptied everything from his room out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so when he came to go to his bed, the mattress was in the swimming pool. <laughs> so I'm feeling quite proud of myself. And, As you uh, would. I'm lying in my bed, asleep at about four o'clock in the morning, and the door literally got kicked off the hinges <laughs> as Alan Preston and all the jambos come running in and try to throw me over the balcony uh, naked. <clears throat> it, was, it wasn't a nice sight. Speaking of hiding things well, Chris Kane covered up his bald spot for a while with his hair. He's had a bit of a makeover. What's the boys thinking about that? Well, this is, I'm glad you asked me this. I'm really glad you asked me. We've been on to him all year. We said, look, you're not a bad looking lad. Head's not too bad. You've got a bit of stubble. Now's the time. You've been hanging on for a few years now, but this is probably since I've been here. You've been hanging on for dear life, let's be honest. Yep. Says me with the wing back to him. <laughs> um, and we, we've all been on him saying, look, you've got to get, let it go. Get rid of it, you look a million dollars or $10, whatever. <laughs> but um, so Mazo goes, this was last week. Mazo comes in and goes, right, I'll do it if you do it. And we're like, nah, Mazo, you can't do it. You've been growing that for 20 years. <laughs> exactly. In fact, I don't think you've ever had a haircut. <laughs> so um, 
Mezo's going, no, I'm, I'll be the bigger man. I'm going to get it done. I'll go first. Not a problem. Kane was like, right, fair enough. We'll do it. So we're on the group chat. Sean, bring your clippers in. We're getting your hair done. Anyway, he comes in, got the clippers, all good to go. And Mezo is absolutely folded. Completely. <laughs> I've, never seen someone, I've never seen someone melt so much in my life. It was incredible. <laughs> Absolutely gone. All the boys like, just get it done. I mean, you've said it, you've given it. I've never seen someone give it a big as out either. You shit the bed. Absolutely. Oh my, oh my, shit the bed. Completely <laughs> and utterly shit the bed. Um, so that was a shame. But Kano, fair play to him, got his done. And he does look better. The first couple of days, there was a fair, it was a big Stuart Singh tan, tan line and it looked a bit naughty. But that's <laughs> catching up with him now, so. So I want to say, you know, people, I got asked a question the other day, like one of your best moments at the club. And um, well, one of the funniest moments, not the best moments. So, uh, Gartz, Graham Gartland, I'm still good friends with Gartz. So, Gartz went to Florida and I think he got engaged to his missus, his, his wife now, told the story. Uh, I think he was, I think they might have been with dolphins and proposed with the dolphin or something like that. So, everyone, you know, exaggerated, oh, they made the, 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 made the dolphin eat the ring and they spurted out the, the, <laughs> the and it come out. Everyone's making jokes, like laughing, joking jokes. So it was going on for a couple of days. We've got a game at home and I can't remember who was playing, but I think I ordered some balloons and I ordered some like dolphin balloons, like for Gart. So, come Gart. And so, got these balloons and they're in the change room now. I think they might have been there from the Friday, but left in the change room. So, we've got these balloons in the change room. We've come in from the get playing the game, half time, we're playing shit. Dell's like pissed off, like angry, yeah. shouting. But as he's shouting, he's floating in the change room, these dolphin balloons. So everyone's trying to take Dell seriously, and everyone can see these dolphin balloons. But no one wants to touch it to make it obvious. You see these two dolphins just floating in, in the background of him shouting. And I was like, like trying to, like, oh my God, someone burst it. But no one wants to touch it to make it obvious. Like, we're just sitting there, just like trying to take them seriously. We see these two dolphins in the, in the background. But. Fuck is that? And they're like, Graham Garrett. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know? So. <laughs> So we've we've gone, we'll all open it like and and with that the, the dolphin pops out of the box in the middle of the thing. So it's a big dolphin balloon <laughs> that's floating around the dressing room, right? <laughs> so dudes has sent it to me, so sent it to the club, right? And then <laughs> something happens at the a half time. So Dell's come in, the, the gaffer's come in and he's going fucking mad, like and he's sort of losing the plot, having a go, get the finger out, you gotta do this and uh, he says every time he turned around, he was talking about it after the game because I think we went on and got resulted. So he's after the game, he's like, and that fucking dolphin balloon, who owns the fucking dolphin balloon? Like <laughs> fucking bobbing around on his talk at half time. <laughs> and we're all trying not to laugh. Like, so, and that, and Dills is just like, uh, it was just funny. It was just because uh, I've been hammering him all week and he, I, he hadn't brought Ant and I was giving him stick for that, like, fucking joke, like, you know. You're meant to be, you you, uh, you talk about you and your groups and all that shit. It was giving them stick, but I uh, brought, um, but then I caught him out. I got him back. So, <laughs> so one night we, we went out for a boxing deal. It was me, Jody, uh, Dubs, and Pizzo. So we went to watch a show. I think it was one of the Bournes fights on in Glasgow. Okay. So we went down to watch it and uh, Barry McGuigan was in. And I, I was a big Barry McGuigan fan. I fucking did Barry McGuigan going over. So I went over and we all got pictures and delighted. Like, and, and Barry McGuigan got, we all got pictures of me and Barry McGuigan and Dubs got in a picture with Barry McGuigan. And uh, so I was joking going, ah, oh. so about Barry McGuigan released his autobiography. 
and I had sent Dubs a message on Twitter, or I had sent him a private message going, listen, Dubs, you need to go out and get McGuigan's book. There's a picture of you and McGuigan in his book. Like, he's gone, he's, he's mentioned you, like, of all the people he's met and all the famous people, like, you know, tweeting, like, tell him thanks. And, like, and I and I, I sent him the picture I had on my phone of him and Dubs going, this is the picture, he's put it in the book, like, you know? And Dubs was like, oh, nice one, Gart, yeah. So Dubs <laughs> tweets McGuigan. Oh, congratulations on the book. Appreciate the shout out. Great meeting. No, thanks for having me in your book. And he's put up the picture saying like publicly, thanks and all. Thanks for putting me in your book. Not all <laughs> so mention like, everything. Oh, oh, not the dicky of a minute, like, you know. So I'm sending it to all the lads going, Dubs thinks he's in the book, like, you know. <laughs> and he's gone out publicly thanking him, like. Oh, uh, he fucking Brilliant. rang me like, oh, he's like, you fucking, you fucking dick. I was like, uh, and he, oh, he's like, remember the dolphin? Remember your fucking dolphin? Yeah. So, um, it was always a time you were going to get him back. Oh, just a snippet of the kind of superstars we've had on the podcast so far. It's brilliant listening back. You forget some of these stories. It's really, that was really lovely listening back to some of that because sometimes when we're doing these things and you obviously... Believe it or not, taking it mildly seriously and trying to sort of get, you know, do as good a job as possible. Yeah. You don't like sort of appreciate sort of the, some of the, how funny it is or how much you're actually enjoying it until you look back. So, no, that was great. That was lovely to listen to, actually. And we've got more of them coming up. We've got, uh, who else? We've got Craig Bryson. Uh, Ross Clark, Xander's brother, we've got him on briefly. Uh, Alan Preston, we've got him on a couple of times because honestly, we could have just put out that interview again. That was ridiculous. Martin Hardy, Richie Foster, Jim Weir, Liam Craig. We've got them all. We've got them all all coming up. Speaking of Clarky, go on. Right. <laughs> Do you reckon he ever gets fed up of being told he's punching? <laughs> honestly, all I see is his face on Jason punching every single day. He knows. <laughs> he knows he is. And he's just milking it for all it's worth. He's got it. He laughs it off. He does brilliantly to laugh it off, but I'm just going to assume, so I'm going to assume at some point he's going to snap and it's going to be glorious to watch. <laughs> but we, we love him. I can't wait to, he's coming up on Friday, isn't he? He is. He's coming. Uh, our noodle-headed prince is coming to, to see the show on Friday, which I'm very much looking forward to. That'll be good. It's, I think the theatre's going to, I think we're going to panic because the theatre's going to be empty till about like half six. Then at quarter to seven, when the football finishes, it's just going to be an onslaught of people piling in. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Ross for absolutely no apparent reason. I want to see his missus. Shall we move on? <laughs> let's. <laughs> right. Let's do our feature, shall we? I can't think of anything I'd enjoy more, Samuel. It's time for Theme Team. The theme this week was tennis, but you may have noticed there wasn't a poll up to find a winner for our cricket theme team. We took the executive decision, Dan, to pick a winner. We did. And we reserved the right to do this on the simple premise that it's our podcast and we'll do whatever the fuck we want. And it was really good as well. Yeah. 
There was, nobody was beating it. I'm sorry. Who was the winner? The winner was frequent contributor, fan of the show, and fan of Dev giving Deirdre one. <laughs> Teddy Lukic. Teddy Lukic. Not real name, but he's not the real Teddy Lukic. But Ted no, Nick. he did not turn up in goal for Leeds and Arsenal. Certainly not. And that was John Lukic, wasn't it? Either way. Could be related. Either way, we'll, we'll stick with it. It's not going to end it out staying in. Um, and, what was his, and what was his suggestion for our cricket-based theme team? The winner. It was inevitable. The Rooney vs. Boss. Lovely. And thoroughly deserving of the win. A quick note. Uh, all previous winners, I'm doing a mug run uh, this week. So if you've won and not received a prize yet, don't worry. You'll get it this week. I will get it to you ASA and indeed P. Right. Tennis was a the theme. I have a list, a good list. Would you like to hear it? Oh, what's up? I'm very excited. I genuinely haven't heard any of these yet, so hit, hit me with your rhythm stick I will or your go- tennis stick. Indeed. Uh, there was, this one came out a couple of times, which was Back Henderson. Very good. Rally McCoist. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, Volley Jenkinson. Very good. Boris Becker. Ooh. I like That's the, good. I like the next uh, double fall toucher. Ah, oh, it's really, really good. Uh, I also like this one. Fifteen love in crans. You also put thirty love in crans and forty love in crans. But I get, I get the general gist of that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Could have just actually gone with love in crans. Love in crans. I don't know how you do it though. Hawkeye, Dave McKay. You could have had that for cricket. And nobody got it in. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay, in cricket. Cal, oh, very, very good. Cal umpire. Oh, impressive. Very nice. John Mack and Rowan David, uh, Rowan Vine, sorry. Made an arse of that one. This is going to be tough this week. And the last one, Roland Garros Callahan. Oh. Which is excellent. Some crackers in there. It's really good, that last one. Rally McCoist is up there for me. I think we're going to have to put this one to a public vote, aren't we? I think so. But uh, thank you again to all our contributors this week. You know who you are. Uh, and hopefully, <sighs> Big Doll Paul, he's got a few in there. We'll see how we go. It's it's inevitable, isn't it? You'll have to win it eventually. Yeah. And deservedly so. I mean, it's he's getting a bit like Jimmy White, isn't he? He's uh, forever the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, it's, it's, and he deserves to throw that bouquet at some point. Should we do wedding then as a theme? What? I like that. Let's do it. They're generally not set up. That's just came well, top of my head right this second. That actually sounded like good broadcasting for a second there and like it might have been pre-planned. It really wasn't. No, absolutely not. We've just landed on wedding right uh, Let's give you a suggestion. Go, Dan. I've got two, Sam. I'm just going to take them out of the running now. Go for it. John Paul McBride's maid. Nice. Or just John Paul McBride. Bridegroom. Sean Groomy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. like it. Yes. Good. Nice. But if you can think of any wedding-themed St. Johnson players, we'll, we'll put a post up this week um, to remind you all to get involved in it because that's the more people that enters, it makes it much more fun for everybody to get involved in the action. So wedding is a theme. Sean Groomy, John Paul McBridesmaid, do your worst. You know what I don't like about a wedding? Go on. Cake. What about it? 
Do you like cake? It's always fruit, isn't it? I'm starting my Christmas pudding, uh, my Christmas cake this week. Oh, yeah? You're yeah. a Christmas guy? Yeah, I'm the only one that likes Christmas cake in this house, but which means I'll get to eat the whole thing. You're the only one who likes Christmas cake on this podcast as well, but it is impressive that you're doing one. Yeah, uh, oh, did I tell you what I'm doing for Christmas? No. We're going to Dumbelane Hydro for Christmas uh, dinner. Are you going to Hydro? Yeah. Um, oh, just the six of us, me, Lynn, the boys, and my mum and Lynn's mum. So just the six of us going there. That'll save enough. Sorry, this is completely off chat, but that'll be nice. If anybody else is going to Dumbelane for either Christmas dinner or a Christmas party night, producer Lynn is DJing at them, so you, you'll see her up there. Oh, that'll be, that'll be very good. I'll, I, I'll be honest with you. Christmas dinner, this, no matter what I do, it can't be as bad as last year when my plans got sort of banjoed with a couple of days to go and I sat in my flat on my own watching all my favourite Christmas specials and made myself a Christmas dinner. By yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah did, you not go up, did you not go up to Greg's and play darts at night? Oh, yeah, I did. That was good. Oh, that's a bit disappointing. I would have, you should have just came up here for dinner. Well, it was that short notice. I felt bad sort of asking anyone. <laughs> Can so, I I just went and got a Camden played some darts at Stairs at night. It was good fun. Nice. But we might do Christmas one day near the time. That'll be a theme team one oh, surely. Yeah. I'll have to. We'll, we'll bank that. We'll keep that banked. Let's move on, shall we? Let's do it. Do you want to listen to more interviews? Oh, I'd love to do that, Sam. How about listening to Craig Bryson talk about the coffee club? Xander's brother talking about what would happen if uh, his brother's signed for Celtic. Martin Hardy talking about what happens when he's disobeyed by uh, boot boys and apprentices. <laughs> Mind that one, that was ridiculous. Uh, and Alan Preston on Darren Dodds. Here they are. And also, he doesn't like to buy a coffee. He's like, he's like tighter than two coats of paint, that guy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and then you've got L. I'll go through the coffee club a wee bit because that, that kind of keeps you going up there for a bit. When L, just, I don't know what I speak about L again, to be honest. Nah, he's, he's just, had his fill. He's, he's had his air time. Apart from him, he, he's he's having a go at Kano's hair, and that L, he's like one haircut off a trip to Turkey. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> to get transplant done. So, kind of pot kettle with him. You've also then got Xander. Oh my God! If I if I've heard about his assist or go at Ibrox. <laughs> <laughs> He'll <laughs> make some a coffee, and at the end it'll be like, "How may I assist you?" And then he'll be like walking about the training ground, saying like, "How many assists you got, Ibrox?" And thinking like, oh, "You f- should be thanking Kano as much as you can <laughs> because your header was going wide. That you had a free header six yards out, and you're putting it wide, and Kano tapped in. And then did you see him on Twitter the other day? Actually, I with uh, uh, with uh, Alison Alison Becker. Yeah. Uh, that's what he should have done. And he's like, oh, "Did you see the trend I started and stuff?" So he's just. He's just walking about saying, I'll buy the coffees and my assist bonus, lads. And everybody's just, yeah. what a night. What a night. What a, what, a, them. what a game that's, that was, yeah. You've heard, everybody talks about Kano and uh, Xander, and I don't I don't really want to give this guy credit, but Ginger's put in an incredible ball. Uh, like, in the, what is it, in 20th minute? I don't know how his legs have got him to the corner flag, and he's managed to whip in a great ball, which kind of goes under the radar, because if he, if he hits the first man there, that's game over and we're out, and we yeah. don't get this opportunity. But he's in the coffee club as well, and I've I've probably never come across a guy that loves football so much in his life. Like the lads are downstairs talking about like the Champions League and the Premiership stuff, and he he comes down and he's basically saying he's subscribed to Dundee TV to watch Dundee versus Aberdeen or something. <laughs> it's just bizarre. And then in the co- obviously everybody's putting in their orders for the coffees and in the group chat, and he's he's asking. 
the lads with pastries I want and boys are just like ginger but we're not sitting outside in a cafe in Paris do you know what I mean we don't want uh, any croissants <laughs> the panel chocolates all around uh, he's going to the bakery and everybody just wants a coffee so that's that's bizarre and then the least said the better we, we just has order he, he may as well just just forget it and just leave his cell he, lo- he looks like a hot uh, oat milk hot chocolate kind of guy to be fair uh, he's just I don't even know what to say but it's been a would you be supportive if you signed for the Glasgow Celtic? Absolutely not. I'd hope they get hammered for 38 games a season. <laughs> <laughs> that is a brotherly the answer. Correct, answer. Yeah, had to be. At the end of the day, uh, I love him, but brotherly love only goes so far when it comes to Rangers and Celtic. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The banter we used to have with the, see the apprentice players that we had at the club. I can remember in my, my final year, it was like Mazo, Big Xander, probably obviously the two players that we all know. Tommy Campbell, who was the youth academy manager at the time. TC, yeah. He had, me TC was brilliant. Um, oh, we, we would have myself and I think at the time it was um, Martin Shields, we Bobby Barr. For instance, Kevin Rukovic, his book boy was Mark Dunham, Big Vinny. He was playing with and uh, United and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Kevin we come in, big Vinny, here you go, thank you, there's your, there's your boots and there's your coffee. No problems. And I would shout at Bobby Barr, Bobby, there's my boots. Fuck off. <laughs> what a brave Bobby. individual he is. <laughs> Bobby, where's my boots? Go and get them yourself. <laughs> Bobby, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you. And I swear to God, right, obviously, we used to have, we used to have a, a right good laugh with the young boys, but we used to get in the boot room myself, be Bobby. Martin Shields and we'd switch the light off and there'd be haymakers thrown <laughs> everywhere and it was kid you not right I'd be like right there's my boots I'm not cleaning them not cleaning them and I'm like hurry up give me my boots right bang light off right let's go and the three is well the two of them would be attacking me and oh, some of the as I say some of the last we used to have was it was um, it was quality um, great times we used to have a we used to have a game we used to have a game um, where we had to uh, do various things. I, I I used to like I would talk about the telly. Did you see this on the telly? See that. So I wasn't allowed to talk about the TV in the car. Kano wasn't allowed to talk about Hibs in the car. Uh, Darren Dodge used to get really excited. You know when you spoke to him, he would get very very excited. So he wasn't allowed to get excited about anything. So if he cracked if he cracked a joke, he would laugh at himself. Marco, we had to make sure that Marco had to speak every minute. So when he was in the boot, he had to say something. So you knew he still okay. Um, so we knew he was still there. And uh, Roddy, Roddy just told lies all the time. So Roddy, if he got caught. So we used to find everybody a pound a pound. And we had something like, that's about about £200 sitting for the Christmas night out. And Darren Dodds foolishly gave it to Sandy Clark to put into the, the kitty for everybody else to... Uh, drink but it was crazy but that was dodgy because he was the one that was keeping the money but Darren Dodds won the PA player of the year one year and he won a, he won a high five you know at the time the big high fives to Gordon Barham and the PA so me and Roddy we had uh, took it through to the, the, the physio's room and we weighed it got the exact weight of it and we took the high, the high five out and filled it with bricks to the exact weight <laughs> and Dodgy took a box of bricks home to his missus for winning player of the year <laughs> And then when he came back, we, hung his, we, we, we put his clothes up the flagpole as well, so his, his jeans and his t-shirt were flying in the wind on the flagpole. He was tall enough. He'd be tall enough to reach it anyway. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a great guy, great lad, but a, bo- a butterfly joke. Again, 
four absolutely brilliant guests and what a varied bunch of boys we've had on the podcast, Dan. Oh, absolutely grateful. I mean, different, you know, you had sort of different people there from different eras and even different walks of life just amongst those four um, four individuals we featured there, but every single one of them, absolutely great fun. And it's been nice, again, just looking back and getting a bit sort of retrospective on things. It's I feel most of the guests have really got into the, the spirit of things. Yeah, like I'd, I'd listen to that. I could have literally just played out two hours of episode clips from every single guest we've had. They've all had their own values. They've all been absolutely superb. We've got more to come later on. But it's time to visit the Royal. Is George O'Boyle in the Royal time? For our many hundreds of new listeners, hello. Uh, this is George O'Boyle in the Royal. This is the feature where, where have you seen a St. Johnson player and what have they been doing? Let us know. Dan will let you know how to do that at the end of the feature, but <laughs> which he gets very, very oh, yeah, excited yeah. about. But until then, who is our spot this week? Daniel. Well, Sam, I'm going to get around to who it is in a second, but I'm going to tell you who it's come from first. It's come from one of our very regular listeners and also a regular contributor, uh, John Ramsey. He has so, contributed. Yes, his name's, popped, his name's popped up a few times, isn't it? Has popped up a few times. He's given us good content in the past. Do you remember the um, Alan Main, Kevin Moon, and the Battle of City Nightclub? <laughs> I do remember that. Yes, yeah. that was John. Um, <laughs> the PSG gear knob yep. emphasis on knob. Uh, that was that was from John, and John also did Pete did friend of the show Peter Pizzo McDonald up a bit of a dirty because when Pizzo was giving it big like sores about shopping in Marx's not going in Tesco, John spotted him in Silver Bay and Tesco. We actually used that as a O'Boyle on the Royal as well, I'm pretty sure. We did. And speaking of Saints Hero and friend of the show, Pizon McDonald, John's got back to us with another story about Pizon. Wow. I know. I'm beginning to think the pals and he's just, yeah. he's just stringing along here, but... <laughs> now, so... John's come to us, so he shared a urinal. Right, I'm only three words into this, <laughs> but I'm going to have to pull, pull this up. I'm hoping this was like one of them big trough sort of urinals. Yeah. <laughs> not the single individual, individual ones. Because <laughs> that would be a bit weird if you're sharing an individual one. John, you don't need to confirm. I just need to, I'm, I'm just, for my own sanity, I'm going to go with a trough. Anyway, <laughs> so... He shared a urinal with oh, Pizzo. Oh, get, do you know, did I ever tell you who I shared a, a trough with? Go on. Vin Diesel. Fuck off. <laughs> in Edinburgh. Uh, the VMAs were on, the uh, MTV <laughs> Video Music Awards were on in Edinburgh. And there was an after party in City Nightclub in Edinburgh. And I was working and then I went for a pee and then Vin Diesel came in. <laughs> Good story. Did they call you family? No. No. Well, did he espouse the benefits of family? <laughs> no, 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 nothing about family. He just went, right? And I went, right? That was it. There we are. Vin Diesel. Extraordinary. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> right, I'm moving on. How, how long would I have, have, to, have given you there before you would have landed on Vin Diesel? 
We're on stage in five days and we'd have missed that. We're at the <laughs> Scotland game this time next week and have probably missed that. Yeah, Sam, I'd have never got it. <laughs> there we go. But, let's let's move on. Sorry, we're, you're three words into your you, story. You, oh, you're all right. I, I was glad you interjected there because you having a P next to the pound shop pit bull was, was good content. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to start again. So John shared a urinal <laughs> with Pizzo in one up in Glasgow the weekend before lockdown. One up is now sadly gone uh, bar. I remember one up. Guess who I seen him one up once. You'll never get it. It's not Vin Diesel. Pitbull. No. Female. Scottish. Gail Porter. Scottish. Gail Porter. Ex-former singer slash music TV show contestant. No. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Michelle, was it? <laughs> it was. It was Michelle McManus. <laughs> this has been quite the, quite the lively feature, isn't it? I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. I just... What a life. All this time is an absolute classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Right, so this was a weekend before lockdown. Unfortunately, I don't think 1UP survived the lockdown, despite being apparently a hubbub for Scottish celebrities. Oh, hell. But John goes on to say he chatted some chatted some Saints chat over a drunken piss with Pizzo. And if there is a man to talk football with, Pizzo would be up on that list. Yeah, good good football guy, isn't he? He is a good football man. Yeah, a good Saints man too. John goes on to say, we of course discussed length, breadth and depth at the urinal. He goes on to say, I'll be two minutes, hot liquid is pouring from my arse. Oh no, sorry, that was you uh, texting him. <laughs> I'm good. Sorry, sorry, no, John, John finished it. We of course discussed length, breadth and depth at the urinal. No, that was my text to you. I've got a bit of a jumpy tummy today. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dan. More fluid. <sighs> shall we, shall we move on? If there's an example <laughs> of uh, where you've seen a St. Johnson player, what have they been doing? Where have they been? You should know by now. But at F, you need another example or two examples, which is the usual norm for Dan. He's going to give you them right now. Danny Williams, over to you, my friend. Sam, listeners, i got to tell you, I love you coming to us. I love you coming to us with these, oh boy, us, these stories of where you've seen the Saints. Because I'm aching to know. I'm yearning to know. It's giving me a fever inside of me. Get into my very soul. I wake up in the night thinking about where you guys have seen these saints. You might not know what to look out for. So I've been thinking, Sam. I've been thinking about the COP26, the climate change conference taking place in Glasgow. The conference of the parties number 26. And I'm also thinking, we had a saints manager on last week, a great saints manager and an absolute gentleman in Alex Todd. So maybe I'm thinking this week, I'm thinking... You listeners, you might not want to look out for Saints players because we don't we, we we love hearing about the Saints players. We also want to hear about managers. We do. It's an open love is an open door, my friends. <laughs> as was in Frozen. And <laughs> I, was, I, could, I could not place where that was from. It's Frozen. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that film's imprinted on my brain from my niece making me watch it over and over sure um, several sure years that's ago. The reason why. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Anyway, <clears throat> so I'm thinking, Saints managers, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of where you might have seen Saints managers. But I'm going to, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the COP26. I'm thinking of all the great global conferences. I'm thinking of historic conferences. And where the Saints managers might have turned up in these historic conferences. So listeners, I want to tell you, if you've seen this, you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. I'll tell you, I'll let us know in a minute. 
But I want to know, have you ever seen former Saints manager Owen Coyle advertising John Maynard Keynes at the Bretton Woods Monetary and Economic Conference of 1944? <laughs> Jesus. Consequence of the war offered by Keynes. But if you look closely, Owen's got a little mention in the little mention in the footnotes. And why not? He was superb. That's just one example, you might need another example. I'm going to give you another example. Have you ever seen Steve Lomas putting his signature to the Paris Peace Accords in 1973 in an unsuccessful attempt to bring peace to Vietnam? Steve and Henry Kissinger, they tried the best, but he went on for a couple more years and then that helicopter ended up landing in Pyongyang. You couldn't make it up, but they really, really tried. So have you seen that? You don't just have to have seen that. Anything, any Saints players, any Saints managers, you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. And I think you need to know. I think you need to know how to come and let us know. Because you might know, but you might not. So I'm going to tell you. Doggy Saints on Instagram. Doggy Saints on Twitter. DoggySaints.com, the contact section. And the old VCB. You stop perusing the marketplace for second-hand dining board covers. They're about, they're about two quid for free and whole bargains. You get yourself down there, but not until you've come to the boys and let us know where you've seen these things. Boom! Get there! More fluid. <laughs> I'm knackered just watching you, Dan. I get going. I get into a rhythm, don't I? You do. It was an impressive five minutes of uh, of uh, podcasting down there, mate. Should we get more guests on? Do you want to hear more guests? I think we should hear more from these guests. I think we should hear from the likes of of Kieran McInespy, Chris um, episode one. Episode one, where it all started. One of the, the very Genesis. one of the very first questions we ever asked any ex Saints player is, "Were you a cameraman on Babe Station?" We sort of set a tone for what's to come, really, didn't we? We really did. It was quite the start. We've also got on Chris Miller talking about the aftermath of the Scottish Cup final in 2014. He got drug tested after the game and is three day bender in Perth. Wonderful. Wonderful. We had him on just before the League Cup final. He was in our League Cup final special, I think. Was that right? It was fairly early doors, yeah. It was it was um it was part one of the League Cup special, I think. And that was that was really good of him because we'd only done a couple of episodes up to that point. Yeah. Um oh, well, we've been incredibly lucky, as you know, as well. We'll we'll touch on all this later. Um We've also got James Dunn, who was brilliant. He talked about the Scottish Cup final as well in 2014 and also living next door to Lee Croft and how tight that man is. That was really entertaining. So, so tight. And in our little snippet, you'll actually hear just how tight he is. And also Stephen Anderson. Oh, this is like a 2014 special. The goal scorer. And he talks about Stephen McLean's love of lawn bowls. Here they are. I have to ask the question. I've been asked it by three people. I've said if they've got any questions for the McInnesby. This could be a massive myth. Where are you once a cameraman on Babe Station? Producer. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, okay. Produced. So, long story short, a friend I knew when I, when I first went to London, worked for the, the company mm-hmm. called Cellcast, and they produced a load of, like, load of uh, channels, Psychic TV, Babe Stations, a couple of bid-up TVs, things uh, called yeah, the, yeah. The, auction the, ter- the, the auction channels. All the channels that are popular after about 11pm, basically. Yeah, more like at 2, 2, 2pm in the morning, at uh, 2 in the yeah. afternoon, sorry. So he'd he would want to start a, a, a management he'd a, a management company. He wanted to go into football. So he said to me, "Look, do you come and do it?" I says, "Yes." Look, but first I need to, if you come down, I want to work for the, the TV company first. I said, "That's fine, I'll do that." And he said, "Look, we go and do the web station and do the producing, so the moderator on it." So I was like, "Find it, find it." The camera in one of the rooms, but I was moderating all the text messages coming in, so could put any naughty words out on you. Yeah. Starting them out. Aye, so he, 
didn't put bad words on. I had to X them out or change them. It's a little more fluffy. <laughs> uh, so I was, I did that, but it, it just, it wasn't getting me anywhere. I was run down. I'd, I'd not long met my, my wife and, and she stopped buying me fair play. So I was just like, nah, this isn't really working out for me. And I just went, look, either you get me into the office and let me focus on being an agent or I'm going up the road. And he's like, I can't justify the salary. And I went, well, that wasn't the discussion I had before I came down. So yeah. I'm off so after the game, you're you're back in the bus and back to Perth. Did you stay in Perth that night? I, I three days I stayed in Perth. I, I didn't get changed in three days. I woke up twice with my suit on, my my feet were swollen and everything. My shoes were still on. Like, I just kicked on for about two or three days. Uh, and I had to get the I had to get the, the drugs test after the game. So me and David Willerspin were stuck in there, and there was a big like, fridge full of beer. And I was like, to the guys like back on. We went, aye, when you go. I three pints. That's the rule. <laughs> I was down the beers to try just to try to get a piss it. Honestly, because <laughs> I'm so de- you're dehydrated, you probably get piss it. I managed to get it out. But but that's only great. I missed the kind of the whole celebration and dressing room and that. We got pictures and stuff. But the time I was in, on the bus to Perth, man, I was I was half half gift already. Man. We all went back to the stadium and then uh, it was brilliant because our family and friends and all that were there and all the people at the club as well. So it was brilliant just to, to kind of share that with them and share those moments because that that's what really hurt home for me. It meant so much to so many people, you know. Uh, and then in love, it's absolutely brilliant. I think we were upstairs and dancing on the bars, amazing. We were all, my wife and. My brothers and I all stayed up. So the next day we woke up, there was just bodies all over the hotel room. And then uh, I drove to, we had an open top bus that day, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Drove to the stadium and I walk in and I, I was one of the first there. I got a taxi and I walk in and Roddy Grant comes in behind. He's like, Midge, come on in here. Takes us into the, is his wee room and just cracks open a bottle of champagne and starts pouring it. And that was, that was breakfast that day. A fine start to any day. It is, it was, it was brilliant. Did you get a flat or someplace when you moved up? Who did you stay with? Yeah, so I got a, um, there's a big um, castle just around the corner. Oh, hunting there. tower. I, I think so, yeah. And they have all um, little, where the horse, like stables that have been made into houses. Oh, there would have been Jeff Brown's. Yeah. Yeah. So then it was me and then Croft, I moved next door, next door to Crofty. So that's how <laughs> like, wow. he was always sort of in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Crofty was, he's just the tightest man you'll ever meet, Crofty. Really? Like I said, it, like, <laughs> oh, he started, you know, like, I think we came back from a game and uh, it was it was literally, uh, we were going McDonald's, but I forgot my card and everything. <laughs> so I said, oh, Crofty, can you, can you lend me like, I think it's like three quid or something like that to get a box of like chicken nuggets or whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Literally the next day, he's like knocking on my door like, uh, don't forget you owe me that three pound. You'd obviously been living in Scotland too long. <laughs> that's why that's, that's what oh, that's happened to him. He's just, he was just the tightest man ever. Honestly, we, like his mate come down, like his mate come down from Manchester. So we went to a restaurant, like a lunchtime restaurant after training. He's literally, I said, oh, me and you had just passed the bill. I don't even know the bloke, but I was just chatting away to him. And then Crofty was like, no, he can pay his own way. What are you talking about? Brought this up with Graham Cummins a couple of weeks back about Steve McLean um, in his lawn bowls. Ah, he's a weirdo. Of all the guys you'd think, eh? He's always like, I remember saying, we, we, well, this is a story, right? See, when we were away trips, like, say for, uh, say, a European tour, we would play bowls in the corridors. Uh-huh. But we would use apples and oranges <laughs> and just throw them as hard as you can in the corridor and just smash everywhere. But I he loved these bowls yeah, in the corridor. But I, I think, think it's an excuse to go and get a baby as well, eh? <laughs> 
What a superb bunch of characters yet again. We're, we are Saints fans and we get to speak to these guys on a weekly basis. We, we has not gone unnoticed how lucky we are. Oh, no, totally pinch ourselves constantly for how lucky we are. And we do really acknowledge how lucky we are that these guys are, A, that I think pretty much any Saints fan has swapped places with us in terms of getting to chat to these guys and B, that these guys are just chatting to us at all. It's, it's, we're very lucky and very appreciative of it. And only one guest in our whole run has ever asked for a fee. They never got it. Nope. <laughs> we appreciate that individual coming on anyway. Shall we have another feature? Oh, why not, Sam? Let's do this. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What, what's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. The club shop of shame. Everybody's least favourite shop. Now, again, for new listeners, we ask you to send in terrible merchandise from football clubs. They can be, we've also included fan merch, homemade merch, Facebook marketplace stuff. We've had it all from the Rangers fire extinguisher minibar, an AFC Bournemouth dog poo bag holder and clip, which you could spread over six easy payments of 67 pence. That was a, that was a <laughs> highlight. And also the Charlton Athletic calendar. Oh, it doesn't seem too bad, but it was from 2017 and they were still selling it. I think they might still be selling it, which is outrageous. It's, it's incredible hustle. It is, but recently we've been in doing things that are maybe on the more pricey end of of uh, of the spectrum. From the, the £6 dog poo bag to we've had a £500 Liverpool bomber jacket. I think we broke the record two weeks ago with the PSG massage gun at over 550 quid. Outrageous. But today's one tops the lot. Dan, to you, my friend. Boy, have we got something special for you. Now, a little preamble. And we have sort of looked at some of the great superpowers of European football of late. We've had we've had Manchester United in the mix. We've had Bayern Munich. We've had Liverpool. And <laughs> now, but a sort of one of the great historic clubs of European football, Benfica. Big. Oh, huge club. Huge club. You seen the record in European finals since the early 60s? No. I've been in millions and lost every single one of them. The curse of Bella Gutmann. Good. Who is the manager who they sacked when they were... They just won, I think they just won the European Cup. And they sacked this manager, Bella Gutmann, and on his way out of the office, says, never again will this club be a European champion. And they haven't. Not. Keep losing finals. Nice. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but they might have just topped any European win with what we're going to bring to you in a minute. But um, now anyone who's been to a big city sort of recently will have noticed this bit of a craze of electric scooters. People getting about by electric scooter. Uh, I've seen them in Manchester recently. You can sort of rent them. Yeah, they, they kick around down by the um, like Canal Media City. Media, they're down that neck of the woods, they're everywhere down there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them in Manchester. I saw them in Nottingham when I was there um, over the summer. And so they're quite a popular means of getting about now and whatnot. But you might be thinking, not much value in keep renting them. I'm going to buy my own. If you want to get, a, if you support Benfica and you want to get about the beautiful city of Lisbon, beautiful historic city of Lisbon, on an electric scooter, then maybe you got a stew going on because that's what's happening here. That's what's come together. We have got today for you listeners the, <laughs> the SL Benfica electric scooter. Lovely. They, they sound decent. Remember, you used to get the mini. I remember I got a mini scooter once when I bought a mobile phone. Remember, they were doing the crazy little, can't remember what they were called, but yeah, I got a scooter, free scooter. It wasn't electric. No, no. They were great from them. We all had a, we all had a scooter when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced you could walk quicker. 
<laughs> um, anyway, oh, actually, while we're on the subject of Scoot Haze, Scoot Haze, Scoot Haze, um, some of our listeners might remember or might know of a character of Perth called Scootergram. Yeah, I remember Scootergram. Yeah. Now, I saw Scootergram when I first moved to Perth five and a half years ago now. And I was in, I was in Weatherspoons and I've seen this little old woman going down Tay Street on a scooter. And I'm thinking, I was like, did I, are my eyes deceiving me? Have I just seen that? And then apparently I asked someone at work and apparently she's like a thing. She used to go around doing safety talks at schools and stuff about scooter safety. Like that is brilliant. Like that is incredible. But then I've not seen her for a while. But then I suppose the other day, I can't remember who it was. Someone on Twitter said, just seen scooter ground kicking about. It's been a while. I said we're going to retire the button, but that deserves no, that's it. worth it. The legend and return of Scooter Gran. Yeah. That's what, so, it's what we want. That's, that's the kind of content we are here for. That's like wholesome content corner. That is very, that is wholesome content for me. That um, I was delighted about that. She to be was, fair, I've actually forgotten about her. Well, she is one of the very few Perth characters. People back in the day or older listeners will remember the Lucky White Heather lady who used to go around selling Lucky White Heather. I've not seen her in a while. Jean Rattery for maybe the older people a lot of folk will remember or heard the name. Do you remember Gene Rattery? You might not have. Uh, no, before my time, mate. But you, you've heard the name very much. So those guy Mad Max. There's, oh, there's lots of them. There's loads of characters Perth used to have. Um, and Scooter Grand is certainly on in there for her own reasons. Not as sinister as some of the others, certainly. No, a very wholesome, wholesome character. She is a wholesome character. Right. Anyway, right. Back to... I mean, at least Scootergram puts a graft in. Unlike if you are a Benfica fan who wants an SL Benfica electric scooter. Is there a description? No. Wow. I'd like to know more about it, but I, I, I can't. You tell me I can't find out about my electric scooter that I'm going to purchase. No. That's, it's got, that's pure in it's itself, got, to be fair. It's got like, it's got a high quality aluminium and Canadian wood chassis. <laughs> uh, a Samsung 36 volt. 10.5A lithium battery. Takes four hours to charge. I'm, I'm not getting anything from this, mate. No, it's not got a description, so I'm just going to go rogue. You do what you need to do, my friend. Support the Eagles on the move and in style. Are you making this up as you go? With your SL Benfica electric scooter. Whether you're a kid, although this may not be suitable for children, whether you're a younger person, whether you're a dandy man about town, this is the road of transport for you. This is what you need in your life if you support Benfica. So this is an essential purchase. I am for look- any Benfica fan. Indeed. That's the description. I like it. I would I would buy it on the back of that. Now I've just Googled electric scooters and the prices vary. 295-349-359-299-174-219-289. So anywhere between 300, two and three hundred would be the average price of an electric scooter, according to Google. Yeah, I think that seems about right. It's you know a bit of new technology, you're probably expecting to pay a bit of a premium. Certainly at this stage, a lot of, I imagine there's a lot of expensive parts to it. So yeah, I, I had a, yeah, you're looking sort of around the 300 quid mark. No, 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 no. Not if you want the Benfica electric scooter. Because Sam, listeners, I got to tell you, I need to tell you. If you are a Benfica member, as in a member yours. of a club or a member, as in what a total member. I'm going to assume a member of the club, but I'm, I'm beginning to think there might be a bit of a crossover here. <laughs> if you are a Benfica member, you can own the SL Benfica electric scooter with no description for €778.50. That's outrageous. 
Honestly. Is that 600 quid? Without that, I'd probably say we're exchange rates at the minute, yeah. You might be even looking north for that. Oof. Sam, i got to tell you, though, mate, if you are not a Benfica member, <laughs> if you are just ordinary Joe Public... Which I am. You are. Well, this can be yours, Sam. The 865 euros. Oh, my goodness. Gracious me. That is by far and away the most expensive item we have ever featured on the Club Shop of Shame. <laughs> Why is it so... I mean, by far and away. Oh, by, yeah. Nobody, surely, nobody is paying that. Sam, I've got to tell you, people are. Because it's sold out. They must have only had one. They, I don't know. They must have, I might have had like one prototype or something like that, and they've sold it. That is incredible. It, it's 865 euro. Or 778 euro and 50 cents if you're, if you're a Benfica member. I don't think we even I mean, dis- discussed this, whether it's going into the club shop or shame. That is... Oh, no, it's in. Yeah, there's no discussion taking place. Naked profiteering. I, I, I think what we need to discuss, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, is this the biggest value to discrepancy, value to cost discrepancy we've ever had? Does it top the Liverpool bomber jacket? It might do, you know. I think it might do. Because you're looking... So you're Joe Public, you're looking about 700... I reckon you're paying about 400 quid over the odds for this. Looking at sort of unbranded ones. It's just any old any old thing and you stick a football club badge on it. Chelsea are good at that. No wonder they keep doing it because this is sold out. People are just going to keep buying it. Oh, well, man, it's only available in one colour. You don't even get a choice of colours. Because there was only one. Well, true that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the litmus test. Um, is it frivolous? Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's a fad. It's like them things you had a couple of years ago. They've gone out of fashion. You know, they're like the sort of hoverboard type things. I'm not hoverboards. Oh yeah, the um, yeah. Segway without the bit on the front. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. They went out of fashion mainly because they kept catching on fire, um, <laughs> or setting on fire, I should say. Um, so it's frivolous. I suppose it serves a function, but... So does a normal one. So does a normal one. And Where's the badge on it? Is it where you stand? There's one on the front handle, lying on the pipe. Uh-huh. There's one there, and then there's one where you stand. So what the point of that is, I don't know. Yeah, you can't even see it because your foot's going to be on it. Yeah, so it's going in the club's of a shame. We need to thank um, SJFC News on Twitter for, for getting this into us. I actually sort of missed the days where sort of Coventry City Screenwash was coming up in the club shop and shape. There was an innocence to that. This is just like people getting fleeced. But it's like that's, I made the comparison with that Salt Bay fella the other week. People are going to pay for it then. Let them. If no beds yeah. want to pay 865 quid for an electric scooter, let them. But yeah, I wonder how many bottles of Coventry City Screenwash you could buy for that. Oh. Anyway, if you've been on a club website, gone to their shop and seen, oh my God, that is a load of crap, let the boys know. We might discuss it. But if you need an example, Danny, tell the people what they should be looking for. Sam, listeners, it's a pleasure pleasure to talk to you again. And I need to tell you, I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking about Christmas. It's coming up. There's no escaping it. You can say it's only November and you'd be right. But this is the time of the year when, when you start sort of getting peppered with gift ideas. 
And you need to get ahead of the game. And I'll tell you something. A way to get ahead of the game, something that seeps into, into this country over the last couple of years, Black Friday, an American tradition. So why we have it over here is anybody's guess. But what <laughs> you can do is you can get appliances on the cheap, televisions, computers, stereo systems, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole darn shooting match. But you know what else you can get on these Black Friday sales? Go on. Kitchen appliances. Yep. Kettles, toasters, microwaves, coffee makers. Slow cookers? Huh. Slow cookers, why not? Rice cookers, why not? omelette makers, Rice ice cream makers, oh. bread makers. Sam, you can reel them all off <laughs> and they'll be there on Black Friday. But I've been thinking, how do I marry this new retail experience with the wonderful world? Scottish football. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm thinking kitchen appliances. I'm thinking Scottish football. Oh yeah. You know where I'm going, babies. The Airdrie Air Fryer. That's what you want. The Airdrie Fryer. That's what it, it's all going on. You got it all in there. You can make chips. You can do it. You can do a whole chicken if you really want it in a healthy delicious way that's what it's all about that's the new fad and they, you know what the good thing about this is this air fryer exists unlike the ones we all bought for four quid a couple of months ago what a morning that was what an event that was I say it exists I don't know whether it does exist but if it doesn't it shouldn't if you've seen it you let us know the airdry frying that's what you need that's what the people want and it's going to absolutely make a killing um, it's going to make a killing on Black Friday, much as the air fryers that we never got inevitably would have made a killing through electrical faults. <laughs> so what I want to know, if you've seen it, you let us know. You, you let you let the boys know, you come and tell us, and we'll be more than happy to receive your honourable suggestion. And that's how you let us know. You're hard to let us know, but I'm going to tell you again. You let us know. Doggy Saints on Instagram. Doggy Saints on Twitter. DoggerSaints.com, the contact section. And the old face TV. Stop accepting friend requests from really sexy girls. You know they don't exist and it's a fat lad in Idaho. He's just going to scam you. <laughs> That's the end game of all this. That's Facebook's inevitable end game. Fat lads in Idaho posing as sexy girls. You can't do it. You lose all your money. And I'm not having that on my conscience. That's why I've got to give you a warning. But if you can avoid that, you come and let us know. You come and let us know what you've seen. You come and let the boys know. Get there! <laughs> well, <laughs> fat lads in Idaho. There's, the, there's our title for the week. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's what? Should we get more guests on? I think we better add. How about friends of the show, Liam Craig? How about friend of the show, Jim Weir? Richie Foster and Alan Preston again, because honest God, the content from the guy was incredible. How about them four? I tell you what, the more the more biscuits, the better. Exactly right. Here we go. We'll start with Liam Craig. Last thing, just when you mentioned Elliot Parish, now there was a, a colouring in competition for kids just before the cup. <laughs> <laughs> now you know where this might be going. Now there was an awful lot of photos, but one of them in particular caught her eye. It might have been uh, a picture of Elliot Parish. It looked like it might have been uh, drawn by an adult, but it 
It didn't show him in the best light, certainly. Um, oh, listen, right, I swear, the NFL chat that I'm talking about, so it must be, I don't know, half 10, 11 o'clock at night, just about to go to sleep, the phone goes off, and Mazel's put this picture into the, the WhatsApp group, and I, I'm buckled, like, looking at the size of this snib on the boy, honestly, it's incredible. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it going, nah, like, so I've said to my missus, and she obviously knows that we've got this group, and it's carnage in the group, Lord, look at this, like, and she's gone, that's one of you at the wind-up, just, like, drawing that and sending it in. I says, honestly, I'm not. It's it's no uh, it's no me. Uh, and I don't think it's Mazel. But it turns out, I think it's one of Elle's pals for doing the road and seen this competition. <laughs> and then he's through it. But uh, now for another Elle story as well, he'll hammer me for this. But this season, in the NFL chat, he was he was giving it a big one about his fantasy team. And we'd had an argument, because goalies hate getting chipped in training when you're doing shooting exercises. So we'd had a big argument about, like, just getting the goal, save the ball. If you get dinked, you get dinked. It happens on a Saturday sort of thing. We had this big argument and he started name dropping goals that he'd worked with uh, in the past and the day told him if people start doing that, just walk out the goals. So one of the names he's dropped Shea Given. <laughs> so uh, obviously Craig Bryson's came to the club now, right? Uh-huh. So um, Craig knows Shea for his time at Derby and good pals with him. So Craig's uh, text um, Shea, say, no sorry, we thought Craig's text Shea but Maisel's changed his number to Shea Given. So like, Craig's <laughs> text and Maisel tend to be Shea Given saying, have you heard of this boy, uh, Elliot Parrish? And like, Mazel's texting back, nah, I never heard of an Elliot Parrish. We, there used to be a young kid called Elijah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, God, Elliot, for about three or four weeks, is absolutely raging. <laughs> Honestly, Bryzel, we win the League Cup. We're FaceTiming him after the game. And he's gone, Elijah, like, who's he talking to? Or I'm absolutely fuming. So every morning, we've just been on him about it. And then see we told him, he was absolutely devastated. But I think relieved at the same time. Ah, that you were still pals with him. She actually knows who Elliot or Elijah is anyway. <laughs> but oh, as I say, a great, another great character in the dressing room. And... Uh, just happy times. Happy, happy times. And we had uh, Gavin Price, MB, signed with us as well. Mm-hmm. You remember him. Yep. And the, the very first trip we went to um, was Dublin again. And we told him, you need your passport. We didn't, but we told him that. So and he was in one in the Edinburgh car that used to travel up to myself and Roddy and Kano. So he's driving. So Roddy slides the passport out of his pocket and gives it to me. So I've got his passport as we're going to the airport. So we're like, passports, passports. Nobody had them, but we just said, so we said, you better go and see Paul Sturrock and tell him you've lost your passport. So he's went over to Paul Sturrock and, and he's went, Gaffer, I've lost my passport. I'm really sorry. And, and Paul Sturrock, don't be an arsehole. We don't need it for Dublin. So, we're, so we, we fly to Dublin. So we're on a night out. And uh, in his back of his passport, it used to have four emergencies called Elsa Bathgate to Thurzo. And this phone number, you know, you know, you back your passport or you put some emergencies down. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we're in the Temple Bar on a night out and I went, what about that? And I'm in the cubicle and, I'm saying, and I come back out and I'm like, they're like, what's going on? I said, if anybody wants to have a good time, you have to phone Elsa Bathgate to Thurzo. And I rhymed off this phone number and he's, Gavin Price is looking at me. <laughs> and he's went, what the... But it was just, these are the, the stupid daft things that we used to do, you know. Um, we used to train at a school way past hunting tower. We used to train at a school about there for pre-season. Yeah. And we'd, we'd let Gavin get in the front of the car to go out there, all fully closed on with his boots. And he would fall for everything. But I'd say to him, there's a bit of a knocking in that front wheel. Go and get out and go and, get out and have a look, make sure that wheel's all right. So he would get out, he'd shut the door and go. <laughs> Off you go. And he'd have, to, he'd have to run. He'd have to run about three or four miles to training. So he'd put some. And you'd think, you'd never fall for that again. You'd never fall for that again. The following day, he fell for that again. <laughs> this time, John Blackley picked him up. Get in the car, you an arsehole. 
that he was just he was harmless fun, Gavin. A really good yeah. guy. And we'll we'll leave the last word up to somebody else who asked a question, which was another uh, former colleague, Alan Preston, <coughs> who yeah. said, "Ask him about the door in Dublin." Oh my god. <laughs> now I know the story because oh, I've heard yeah. it from another I actually heard it from Alan but I never put it in because I didn't want to ask your permission for it first so but he did tell us about it um, but we'll see how different his version is to yours well, it, was a, it was a pre-season trip and we were staying at a UCD college in Dublin and Luggy and Slope we were, so there was two or three guys sharing the, you know, a dormitory and kind of spread about and you could all see each other and we got a night out and uh, we're allowed out and Luggy's last words to me well Skip you know you're the sensible one make sure we are boils and we are nails and the wee farkers and that are back here and no any trouble um, so we, we all get that taxis at different times down into Temple Bar but you know I was the last taxi because Luggy's giving me my instructions and uh, I think it was me Attila Lee somebody else it was maybe four four years or so last to get there but all the guys are in this top pub where everybody wants to get in but we couldn't get in um, you know and the guys when they come out and join us so I ended up uh, in a really bad mood about it, you know, because we're all supposed to be together. So me, Lee and that went to another pub. And stupidly, I was drinking a drink called Tenants SD, which I think was about uh, 7% volume. So Oof. it didn't take me too many. I wasn't the best drinker. Um, and lo and behold, uh, taxi home with Lee and uh, Gatilla, uh, head out the window being sick. Um, and getting carried in with my hands around both their shoulders and my shoes dragging along the deck with wee John O'Neill and Georgia Boyle shouting Jimmy Two Touch Check and Icky Ham and all that so <laughs> I get put to my bed um, I get put to my bed and I kind of woke up and I'm sure it was Stevie Tosh and somebody else who were trying to shave my eyebrows and uh, I woke up thankfully at the right time and jumped up and they're trying to hold the door shut so they're holding me in the room so I can't get out but the rooms were built with a sort of I'm sure the room, the room doors were built with these sort of eggshells or I'd have broke my hands. But I decided to try and break my way through the door and punch <laughs> two holes in the door. <laughs> Only to be woken up in the morning with John Blackley looking through one hole and Paul Sturrock looking through the other and saying, well, that's a fine. <laughs> like the shining. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to pay for a new door and they made me train that morning when you know, hangovers and, and training don't work with me. And I think it's the only time and it will only ever be the only time that I can admit that Roddy Grant beat me in a run. <laughs> well, that's that's, that, that's how bad that that's how bad it was. So your time with Saints kind of became a bit unstuck. We'll have to bring it up. Are you all right there, Dan? Yeah, not the mic over. That's my wife. That's my wife's radio equipment. You go easy on that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> we have to talk about that day at Hamilton. I know you've talked about yeah. it to your blue in your face, but it's a St. Johnson podcast. and want us to ask the questions. What happened? Just um, two feisty personalities clashing at exactly the wrong moment. I think it was just uh, Danny had given away a free kick and we'd you know, we'd been quite knocky, not each other, but just the whole team with each other, if you know what I mean, because of the game, because we were playing terrible. We're, like, we could pass the ball for th- more than three passes. And then, right, like, he could go and jump for a header, and he doesn't. He kind of just fouls a guy. So it gives them a chance to put the ball in the box. So I'm, a, I'm annoyed at him for that. So then he's chirping back. And I think what caused the problem was then half time. So if obviously if the game goes on for another couple of minutes, that dies down. Yeah. And then he basically just probably tell each other to F off and. It's done. But because the referee then blows for half time, we're able to actually go toward each other. And then obviously we're running off the pitch and both decide, nah, we need to deal with it here. And then it just, I mean, I ran over to him and tried to grab a hold of him and slip 
I think I bang my head in the ground. I, then I don't know what happened. Then I get back up. And obviously, I'm still raging. And then I just try to go from again. And Blair Olsen had me in a bear hug and I, I couldn't actually really move. It was one of those where you look back and you look at it and you think, why on earth are you getting yourself involved in that? But when the, that red mist descends for that kind of next 10, 15 seconds, you, there's no coherent thought. It's not like no. you're going, I'm going to go over here and argue, I'm going to try and fight Danny Swanson. You just all that goes out the window. And then we go back into the dressing room um, and we get told we're getting uh, sub, uh, sent off and obviously the manager's raging. And then everybody goes out. So it's just Danny, myself, and the kit man that are left in the dressing room. The kit man, he's he's in there thinking, shit, I, I can't go back outside because these two might go at it. But like we sat there quietly for about five minutes and then... I think Danny actually got up first, came over and we just apologised to each other and just then you couldn't believe how stupid it was. And then so we had to sit in the dressing room and, and listen to the essentially listen to the game. And you go on it and you're looking at the clock and you're thinking, right, come on then, come on. And then you hear the cheer about 30 seconds before what would be the final whistle. And you know, you, you just instantly it feels like someone has just like stabbed you in the stomach because it's just you're thinking to yourself if we get away with this with a point the players will still be raging at us but at least we got something from the game yeah. but then to come away with nothing and then blatantly our fault it just makes you feel horrible thankfully like I say over the course of the season it never derailed us from finishing fourth but it was just at the time it was just awful and then obviously all the kind of discipline the hearings and that afterwards and stuff I think the manager initially you know <laughs> myself and Tommy are, and Dan are very similar that you know he's very reactive so at the time I think Tommy wanted us both sat out of the club okay. but then I think I think you know kind of goes home thinks about it reassesses um, and realises that I, I think at the time both Danny and I were assets to St Johnston you know we're both playing on the team and we're both having good seasons so you know he kind of settled down and then he just wanted it put to bed and to be fair to him that was one of the things he was brilliant at it. He just, once it was done, it was done. There was no kind of, no lasting, you know, he didn't hold it against you. And it was just, it was over with. And once it was sorted, it, we both moved on. And, and, and Danny and I got on fine. We spoke no problem. And there was never any animosity between us after that. Richie Foster was actually one of my, one of my more favourite guests. He was brilliant. He was a clever guy. I think he's a very thoughtful guy, yeah. Um, quite a deep thinker. He's an interesting character, actually. I liked Richie Foster a lot. I liked him I as a player a as well. Time as well. Yeah, uh, he gave us a load of time, and uh, but no, I I like I still like him as a player. He was he's a bit bobble with a lot of St. Johnson fans. No, not bobble, marmite. <laughs> Some people like or hate bobble as well. To be fair, but I I need to admit to you, I don't like bobble. I don't like bobble. Lynn's just came in. Did you know Dan doesn't like bobble? Love a bobble. I don't mind it. Who Actually, like weirdly. Drink? What's that? Drink. Lynn loves a hot beefy drink. <laughs> it was no, it's like six sips with Lynn Hogan. <laughs> and, yeah, new no, I don't know. I always find myself, I always find it a bit sickly the further you get down. I think it's quite thick. Yeah, you've got quite a good good voice on now. I said, Mick, could you say hot beefy drink in the microphone in your sexiest voice, please? <laughs> I love a hot beefy drink. <laughs> six, sips with, six sips with Lynn Hogan. We'll get that on the go. It's a new feature. You know what? Target <laughs> Saints turned into a hardcore pornography podcast so gradually I didn't even notice. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. But let's move on very, 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 very swiftly. We're going to visit an old feature. We are. Doggers on Tour was an absolute firm favourite where we went to places such as... Where did we go to, Dan? 
We went um we went to Austria. Estonia. We did go to Estonia. That was a good one. That's where it, that was right at the start and it sort of peaked and France. <laughs> we went to France. Republic of Ireland. But this time we are going to the Nordic country situated between Sweden and Russia, I want to say. Would that be right? That is exactly right, Sam. <sighs> All about the geography, my friend. And it's also home to Mika Hakkinen and Valdry Bottas as well, if you if you're in F1. They are very, very into the motorsports in that part of the world. Don't know why, it's not a big country. St. George have played there. We played there in 1999 in our UEFA Cup qualifying round against VPS Vassar. But we are here to see two St. Johnson players this week. We are. One past, one present. Where will we start? Well, we start, we'll, we'll start in the past. Um, a player who's a massive, best known for being a Rangers player, uh, Jonathan Johansson. I remember, I, I think it might have been his debut at Tynecastle. He scored as well in the game. But he didn't play many games for us. No, he didn't. It was a short-term contract and short-lived thing. He was a very... I always remember Johansson. I'm... <laughs> So I mainly remember, his, obviously, his time at Rangers and his time at Charlton Athletic. Yeah, Charlton was the one I kind of remember mostly about him, yeah. He played an awful lot of games for Charlton. He wasn't prolific. It's fair to say he wasn't a prolific goal scorer, but he was a very clever footballer. What was his goal return? So he had his early part of his career, even then. So he was at Pargas, he got 5-23. in 23. Right, fair enough, he was a young lad. Uh, he was at TPS, who he actually ended up finishing his career with. He got six in 42. Then some team um, named after a margarine spread, FC Flora. He got 99 there. And that's when he got his move to Rangers. And admittedly, a very, I mean, we all know the means by which they were a very good side. But Rangers 97 to 2000, he only played 48 games in three years. Isn't an awful lot. No. He got 14 goals. But that was enough to get him down to Charlton, where he did spend the majority of his career, really. Or played most of his games. 148 games, most of them in the Premier League. I think he had one season in what was then Division One. Mm-hmm. Now the Championship. 27 in 148. It's all right. Is it? How many caps did he get? 105 and he got 22 goals. Which isn't a bad return. I think there was a lot more to his game than just scoring goals. Yeah. I, that's how I always viewed him. Like Chris Kane. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming um, JJ won a lot of free kicks. Uh, anyway, so he had a short-lived time at Saints. It was up. He had it came in a sort of weird end to his career because he went to Malmo, obviously a massive, whacking, great big club in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Played 55 games for them and got 23 goals. That's a good return. That's a really good return. But I think obviously with him, Scotland was. Had ties in Scotland, mainly his wife, friend of the show, Jean Johansson. Oh, Jean. A place in the sun is Jean Johansson. Remember she had a, a Twitter Barney with Michael Stewart not too long ago? Remember that? Ah, oh, she absolutely bodied him. It was great fun. Yeah. I quite like Michael Stewart, though. But I prefer Jean Johansson. She's the loveliest woman in the world. And what a TV yeah. gig that is. Placing the sun. Basically just going abroad, cutting about in flowy dresses and big hats. See, I'm, I'm thinking about internet saying, just go, I'm thinking about moving to um, Barbados. Free three-week holiday, look around some gaffes and go, no, nah, actually, I'll, I'll stay in my, my two-bed in, in Oxford. That's literally what everyone does on a place in the sun. That is literally <laughs> what... It's a rarity. I, I don't know whether they started sort of... Because I've got a couple, not, well, fairly recently, right? And on one of them, someone bought something. Just not watching it. 
like when I was a student, I probably watched it a bit too much. And I used to get pissed off because every day they wouldn't, they just wouldn't buy anything. Right. Then I saw one recently. And some um, some old fella did buy a place in Spain. So whether they then started actually sort of background checking and being a bit more stringent with that to make sure that people weren't just on the grift. Yeah. To get a free holiday. But yeah, poor Gene. Anyway. So yeah, so JJ's obviously come back to Scotland. Just had short-lived spells at Hibs and Saints. A few games for Hibs and a few games for Saints. But he did get one goal for Saints, that one at Tynecastle. Mm-hmm. In not many, he didn't play many games, but he did do one of the great sort of football banters, like understated football banters. Because nobody actually knew that he turned up at Saints until he ended up in the starting lineup for a game. Love that. That was the same as Peter Enkelman. I remember going to the game, nobody had a clue he was playing until like I seen him in goals and went, bloody Peter Enkelman, he wasn't in the match programme, nothing. Love that. That's good, good skills that. Yeah. Just slip under the radar and then turn up like, surprise. I'm convinced that's what would have happened with Effie. But yeah. he sort of got, I think he got leaked the night before. I think rumours started to spare. I suppose it was easy to do that because that was, what, 2009. Twitter wasn't really going back then. Nah, well, nah, not really. It but... Out, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like it is now. So it's, yeah, you probably could get away with stuff like that back then. But anyway... So he was a he was a good footballer, not you know, didn't really have a long time at Saints. He was there for a good time, not a long time. Or in the words of Lynn, there for a short time, not a long time. She got the words mixed up, and that was the phrase she came out with a couple of Saturdays ago. Oh wow. <laughs> Just remember, guys, we're here for a short time, not a long time. No, that's that's not the same. It's not the phrase. No. But Any- uh, but anyway, tell you who might not be here for a long time or a short time. We don't know. Never seen him. A2 Vertainen, another Finn. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? He's going down the guy Melamed route. Will he get a game? But he's got to he's got to make an appearance shortly. Yeah, you do worry. Because when you think of St Johnston, you don't think firepower. And Malakin got and to be fair to Chris Kane and Stevie May, two players that have praised on this podcast in the past and we'll continue to do so. I don't know whether... It's been a bit of a... They're not, they're not playing great. And it's almost a bit emblematic of the, of the way the team are playing, not getting a lot to work with. And well, Maybe with Rooney coming back, that might free up O'Halloran to go up the field a bit more again and Middleton as an impact sub. I don't know, but... I'd love to see A2 Vertainen play, but whether he's rubbish, whether he's not up to speed, he's not fit, he's not settled... I don't know, but it would appease a lot of fans to just go, oh, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, he's, he's not good. Well, it is history repeating itself, as you sort of alluded to, because we had a pretty similar situation with Guy Melamed last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. in that we waited quite a while to get the transfer over the line, and then we never saw him. And we never saw him for ages and then eventually did break through, obviously. I actually thought he was quite good. But... You don't know what you... You're not going to know until you, until you give him a goal. You're not going to know with, with E2 until you at least try him. And I know... I think Callum is a bit of a cautious cautious cat in this regard, really. Particularly, it seems, with forwards. 
in terms of not really chucking them in. But you've got to give him, like you say, even just to appease the fans, because he's had he had a little cameo against Rangers, a little cameo up at Batodri, and then five minutes, which seemed like a token appearance because his mum and dad had come over at Parkhead and mm. were losing anyway. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see what he can do. But, yeah, it might, it might not happen. And to be honest with you, we're getting closer and closer to the January transfer window now. So if it's not worked out for whatever reason, it might not even be a football reason. It might just, the lad might just not have sold. But I think if it doesn't work, something doesn't give sooner rather than later. It could be away in January. I know, but fingers crossed he gets a run out. Well, Callum Henry might come back, but for some reason it doesn't work out for me. I don't know. It's it's an odd one, but Finland, they've not really blessed St. Johnson with some memorable talent. But they mind it. This is the good thing about eating. He's Schrodinger's footballer. <laughs> he might be good. He might be shit. We but we don't know yet. We don't know. We've not opened the box. We've not opened the box. We might never open the box. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, let's not write off the great nation of Finland just yet. Have I ever been to Finland? That's where, mom, yeah. that's where mums go. Have you ever been to the food warehouse? Yeah. It's good. Got some good Greg's products from there. Yeah. Anyway, we digress as per. <laughs> I think we've bummed ourselves out a bit there talking about eating but say. I know. Let's let's pack ourselves up a bit. It's our theatre show on Friday. <laughs> I could never retire that button, Dan. It means too much to us. We had to give it a rest after the Celtic debacle, but it's back. It is back. It's- and it's a busy couple of weeks, even though there's no games. We've got our theatre show, as we say, on Friday, which hopefully will be trying to record but may not happen we'll 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 play that one by year international break we're going to the scotland game on monday against denmark which hopefully it'll be a meaningless pointless game and then we've got the small matter of a cup semi so we're going to do a cup semi hamden special i'm looking forward to it we weren't playing particularly well in the run-up to the semi-final last year no and hibs were playing quite well celtic have come on to a game which worries me but we'll cover all that it doesn't there's no point in fretting about that yet. No, we will cover that uh, next week. But I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. A week, a we wander down memory lane uh, with some of the interviews. We will have other guests back on, don't you worry. I hope to see you all at the theatre on Friday. It'll be a rare laugh. Yeah, we have sort of laughed this off a little bit. And been like, oh, uh, we're letting these two numpties on for. Uh, good joke, good joke, hit send. But actually, it is something quite... I'm, I don't know about you, Sam. I'm assuming you're on the same sort of lines as me. I'm really excited about it. And it is a real privilege to be asked. Of course it is, yeah. And just sharing a stage with Stuart Cosgrove for a couple of hours, just chatting about Saints. It'll be great. Please don't heckle us. Oh, please be nice. Please, because we're not professionals. We'll be absolutely shown up to be the frauds we are if there's any kind of heckle and we'll crumble like a tower of cards. I'll just draw inspiration from Sean Rooney. Picking fights with some Mirren fans in the day. <laughs> That's a just point to your teeth. Nice. But thanks for listening again. We will be back next week for episode 39. Incredibly. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for you guys for listening. Thanks to all our new listeners. Thanks for if you've been listening from the start. 
Thank you to subscribers. Thanks to everybody that's coming to the theatre. And uh, thanks for everybody that sent in kind messages this week about our interview with Alec Totten. Really appreciate them all. Yeah, absolutely. Echo every single bit of that, Sam. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun again, hasn't it? It has been, apart from I'm going to have to go very, very quickly because, you know, a bit of a sore tummy. Well, there we go. And on that bombshell, <laughs> I say bye. 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 <laughs>